0: Hi everyone, this is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live—not live, but not dead either. Far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear, it's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words. You know, like "fooey," and we call each other "cur" a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here, uh, here and there. So, just so you know, if you want to protect your your delegate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks. Um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog. Whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter.
1: Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast.
0: Uh, it'd be fun to get like a little abstract with it. Like, you're walking around and you know, like, you're feeling, like, I spy with my little eye a crumbling marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and then your three-year-old's like,
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. See those all around.
0: Hello and welcome to the Summer Reading Podcast, the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you were assigned in English class. My name is Jack, I am your professor, and my pronouns are he, him.
1: And my name is Marty, I'm your librarian, my pronouns are she, her.
0: And uh, we are currently joined, <laughs> we're, we're joined tonight by a, a special little guest. joined
1: tonight by, by little Miss Lulu um, here, who decided to wake up. Just before we started recording. Good job, little girl.
0: Um, and, and tonight tonight was an interesting situation where we actually spoke for so long <laughs> that we had to take a break before we came back to actually do the thing we got on the call for.
1: Yeah, you know, it happens. I feel like that's not the first time. This, this... It's not the...
0: No, I mean, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's the first time in a while for me.
1: Yeah, well, it's the first time that I've gotten to have a, a second drink. Um, which is exciting. So <laughs> we're gonna count that yeah. as a win.
0: <laughs> yeah. Put that run over to the scoreboard. Yeah. Take. Yeah. <laughs> um, and today we are reading The Book Thief oh. by Marcus Zuzak. Zusak? I, I don't know.
1: I, I I always thought it was Zuzak, but I could be wrong. So let's let's just my, say it that way and then if he In my
0: brain I say Zuzak.
1: I say Zuzak as well. So
0: And I doubt this is gonna be the first thing that I potentially mispronounce uh, in the next hour. Yeah, no.
1: All of the names are and I took German. <laughs> I'm still like, oh <laughs> uh
0: how are you doing tonight, Marty?
1: I am doing well. Um yeah, I had a I had a pretty good day. Um it was pouring rain, so I took the kids to the mall for a little while, um, to get us out of the house. And so um, Ben could get some stuff done, and um, and it was really cute. You know, it's like I don't know. I feel like Will is like very easy to um please and entertain at this stage of his life, which is great. Um, because we went to the mall and he doesn't he doesn't ask to like buy anything. He just wants to walk around, and I'm like cool <laughs> so we like oh we walk around the mall this is
0: before capitalism has its grips it's amazing has its grips in the child.
1: yeah yeah and it's like uh like i i took him um for uh they have like a little carousel i took him on the carousel um and he went to the indoor playground but like you know we walk by these places that have like toys in the windows and he's just like i'm like oh do you see the bear yes you know i see the bear it's, it's nice yeah it's it's not like give me that bear I want you to buy that for me mama yeah. it's like he's just like yeah he's at this very like good
0: for whoever, whoever's bear that yeah. is yeah <laughs> right
1: um, so yeah it was it was nice it was what we call what we've been calling an eye spy walk um, so you walk around and you, you say I spy with my little eye and rather than doing the like clues you just like say the thing that you see so I spy with my <laughs> little eye a teddy bear Oh yeah, I see the teddy bear, you know? It'd
0: be fun it'd be fun to get like a little abstract with it. Like you're walking around and you're know, like, people are like I spy with my little eye, a crumbling marriage. <laughs> and then your three year old's like, Yeah
1: <laughs> Yep, yep, see those all around.
0: <laughs> I spy with my little eye. A, a day manager that cares a little too much. <laughs> Definitely gonna
1: see that in the mall. <laughs> um yeah so that was that was sort of the the highlight of my day um and then I told you I've been auditioning a lot um we'll see we'll see what comes of all of all of the nonsense but um, I'm trying to get more comfortable with self tapes which um, listeners if anybody has tips uh, send them my way because I am not enjoying the experience at the moment email us
0: at some reading podcast <laughs> yes. At gmail.com. At @gmail.com subject line marty needs help in so many
1: ways um how about you jack how are you doing tonight
0: i'm i'm good i'm uh, i'm a little sleepy mm-hmm. i was partying hard all weekend oh yeah um oh yeah oh. Going out doing the parties and such <laughs> um jonchen you know. yeah as, I, as and it's you know it's crazy cuz you know, there's a certain uh, a threshold where I just miss my furniture. That's not even like I want to be home. It's like I wonder mm-hmm. what my couch is up to right now. Yeah, what's
1: what's Harriet um, doing?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Turns out not much. She was still there when I got home. I said, "Hey," she ignored me as always. Man, sorry. I, I got quiet for a moment there because it was too real. Oh. Um. <laughs> so so it was nice. See, see, some friends. That's the that's the thing with one friends as you get older, and two friends who live in a different state. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's hang out soon, and then it's like six months later. Oh my god, it's like, tell me about it. It's, it's like hey, faster than usual. I mean,
1: I was I was thinking about friends that I have who live in New York, and it has been well, good five years since I've seen a lot of them, and I'm like, damn, how does that happen? Like. Really? It's not that far. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's the How planning. Can
0: I blame other people for this?
1: It's the planning and the coordination. It's, oh, it's entirely my fault. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> I, I am. Don't talk about my friend that way. <laughs> As someone who sees you semi-regularly.
1: I know. But... Yeah, I know. We do, we do good. You and mm-hmm. I. All right. Um, I'm sorry to say our guest is falling asleep on the job. Um, so I'm going to move her to a bassinet BRB.
0: All right. I'll just talk some more. I'll talk. Yeah. Talk
1: some more about your friends weekend.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. I, her, her headphones are off now listeners. So I can say, I don't think I'm going to go with that prompt. Um, but it, it's, it's a great day. Um, some people played some sports. Other people won some sports and lost some sports. It was a rainy day. Um, it was great. Because you get to frolic in the rain. Who doesn't like to do that? I've been playing around with the idea of planting poison ivy outside my windows to prevent children from coming up to the windows. Not because I'm a miser or anything, because I'm I pro-children playing and getting the most out of their childhood. But I don't necessarily think that they should experience their childhood near where property damage directly affects me. Um, but other than that, I had a good time reading The Book Thief recently, because he... It's a lovely book, and Marty has rejoined the chair. So, uh, just be cool. Be cool when she comes in. So, so the book thief is really a wonderful book. Uh, It's uh, a lovely
1: faking me out uh, over here. This one, (laughs) (laughs) not asleep. Put her down. Eyes fly open. Like
0: hello, mama. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh goodness. So. She might just. Well, let's get let's
0: let's get into it in the meantime. Let's talk about the book thief, yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, the book thief. Let's start. Let's start as we usually do. Have you read this one before? I've not. This was
1: a first read for me. What? Um I know isn't that crazy. It's been. You're gonna be having a laugh. It's, That's insane. It's been on my list for a long, long time, and actually. I was delighted to see when I picked up my copy from my library ages ago. Look at the little sticker on the spine there. It says summer oh my summer reading. It's like it was we meant to sue. be. <laughs> we can sue. We can sue. So yeah, this was a first read for me. Um, and damn, am I glad I, I got around to it. I'm glad that this was on our list because um it's a good book it's a book that should be read um (laughs) it's a good book yeah it is um how about you jack have you read this one before
0: okay so yes i have
1: (laughs) (laughs) 17 times
0: (laughs) everybody stop yeah i've read this one before okay um i haven't read it 17 times this was my second read of it okay um but uh, after my first year in college, oh, was um, it, was I won it an a... award.
1: <gasps> no. Oh, that's awesome. I
0: won an award. The theater arts program was giving out like a number of uh like rookies to watch out for awards. Awesome. And so everyone got like their own little title that came with the award and it came with like an Amazon gift card. So Okay. They my title was Mr. Vocab because Because Clearly I knew uh, specifically, I knew what the word "Brobdingnagian" meant. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we don't have to go too far <laughs> travels right now. Um, but my mom is rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, and I I spent it on books, awesome. and I don't remember all of the books I got with it, but I remember I got uh, Arundhati Roy's "The God of Small Things." Mm-hmm. I got uh, Richard Adams' "Watership Down." Oh. Um, and I got The Book Thief. Nice. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Everyone talks about The Book Thief. It's wonderful. Um, uh, but I didn't read it immediately. Like, it took a couple of years to read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's just like what, like the the definition of a book that's staring at you in the shop. Yeah. Was this book for me. Yeah. Um, and then I read it, and I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it the first time I read it. Um, and then I went on Tumblr cause I was blogging about all the things I was reading at the time. Uh. Um, and I made, I made that post about like how, like when you read a book you've been putting off for a long time, mm-hmm. it's like, how could I wait so long? And it was my most viral post I ever made. That's really funny. <laughs> oh my God. So, so I was like, yeah, I, I suffice to say I have fond memories of the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, Uh, So today I posted on my Instagram for all of you listeners who follow me um, that a picture, you know, and that I had just finished um, the book. And my Instagram goes to my Facebook feed, which is private. So unless you're my friend, you can't see it. But I got so many comments (laughs) from people being like, oh, my God, that book's amazing. Or like, oh, yeah, that was a brutal one. Or, you know, I don't know. So um, Good good game. Good game, right? Good game. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like this is a book that when you talk about it, there's a reaction, I I guess is what I was getting at with that anecdote. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that, that it was, a. um, a favorite on your Tumblr at the time. Mm-hmm. Why did you stop, uh, tumbling about that? Did you just lose momentum? Yeah, just to have
0: time? Didn't yeah, have time fair. For it. Okay. I'd post a, a book review and a selfie of me with the book. And I, I got to a point where I was, like, reading faster Okay. Then I, I felt like writing reviews. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> fair. Totally fair. <laughs> uh, with that. So, uh, yeah, The Book Thief. So let's, uh, let's dig in a little bit. Yeah. So The Book Thief, published 2005 by Marcus Zusak. Mm-hmm. Um, Susick. Zusack. Zusack.
1: Sussex?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. sure. Um, uh, born 1975. hmm Uh, still with us. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Didn't did to dad, but did. So it's no, good. It. It's good to know. Uh, he was born in Sydney, Australia to Austrian and German parents. hmm Um, and he still lives in Sydney. Or he still lives in Australia. I don't, I don't know if it's specifically Sydney, but he still lives in Australia. Okay. So he's an Aussie. I don't know if we've had an Aussie. I don't think we Aussie have, actually.
1: There. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh
0: I, I think it's just the American in me that's like, well, if, it, if they're not British or French, they must be American. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know anything about where he was from until I read the blurb at the back of back of my copy. And then I was like, oh, oh. That, oh that's Australian.
0: a good idea. I maybe should have read that, too. What? You didn't read I that? I didn't read the blurb. Oh, my God, Jack. I went all the way to a different <laughs> website. <laughs> um, so he had uh, uh various jobs uh primarily he makes his living as an author but mm-hmm. before he was that uh he was a painter for a little while cool uh and where we uh, perhaps where we get some inspiration hans. for the character yeah. Hans hans huberman i love hans
1: we'll talk um, about him
0: and uh short-lived time as a painter a janitor and a high school english teacher
1: wow look at that
0: Uh, So this book also, as you can imagine, won uh, several awards. Mm -hmm. Um, The only one I have the patience to highlight is the Prince Award.
1: Yep, that's the one I had as well.
0: Which, as far as I could tell, I thought it was the most prestigious, so I mentioned that
1: one. Well, it's also apparently uh, a New York Times number one bestseller, according to my copy of this book, so...
0: Oh, okay. Well, my copy of the book says, <laughs> and "That's a one up, you here, Mason." <laughs> the extraordinary number one New York Times bestseller. Okay. Now a major mojo- motion picture. Pish- yeah,
1: pish- yeah, I was major motion picture. Motion picture. Motion picture. With that,
0: so uh, that's really all the background I did. It's crazy because so- some some. Some weeks, we get authors that have, like, 16 biographies written about them. Yeah, yeah. And other weeks, it's like, yeah, this dude lives in Sydney.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's probably, you know, he's contemporary, he's young, like...
0: He's 47.
1: Yeah, I mean, so,
0: you know. Not not that that is opposite (laughs) of what you said. You're like, he's young, and I'm like, um, he's 47. (laughs)
1: end call (laughs) maybe someone should
0: read a math book (laughs)
1: um yeah i mean i mean i i I get it i get that there wouldn't be as much to like sort of dig into him um although i would love i would love to have a cup of coffee with this guy i want to say
0: just in in an interview he did go on the record of saying that he wanted to write someone's favorite book (sighs) Ah. Well, which is kind of like this. I think it's a beautiful. Notion. That is beautiful. It's like, I want to create an art that's going to resonate with someone so much that they're going to consider it. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Um, so that I think that's beautiful. That is I think beautiful. it's also uh, like a, a reach for the stars kind of comment to me. It
1: is. And it but it's nice because it it almost makes me think about like he he isn't saying I want to write a bestseller. You know what I mean? Like it's not Right. It's not about capital gain. It's not about like it's a like, it's about like I want to give somebody a really amazing experience reading my book. And I yeah that's that's lovely. I really like it's, that. It's kinda like an
0: empathetic achievement.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. There need to be more of those. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We need to win empathy. <laughs> No one is gonna be more fucking empathetic than I am.
1: Whoa! What an American sentiment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did I tell you I watched the show Physical One Hundred recently? Mm. Did I tell you about this? It's the the a Korean reality show where the people saw Squid Game and they thought let's do that Thank for God. real plus murder. <gasps> um, and it's like the most physically fit people, uh, in Korea. But I, I would say like okay, most of them are probably. Among the most fit people in the entire world.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and I'm there, and I'm watching it. I, 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 My shirt's off, and they're, like, moving this, like, two-ton boat oh with just their God. hands and their, their gumption, and I'm eating fruit. Yep. And I'm like, we're the same.
1: <laughs> Been there.
0: We're the same. So it's kind of like the book thief when you think about yeah. it. <laughs>
1: That's a really no, good segue. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, really natural. And oh, really, my really God. Easy to it. So, so, The Book Thief. Uh, published in th- 2005. Said that before. Um, but what's this book about? So, b- the book is uh, a World War II novel um, told through the perspective of death. Yeah. Um, Just so... F- b- fucking baller. I
1: know. I was going to say so bold. Like, I love and, that.
0: Uh, and death, death has a kind, a kind, empathetic, and, uh, and desperately human yes. Um, character. Yes. Uh, character, and it's it's through death's perspective of this young girl named Liesel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see the movie. Do no. But I think I think it's Liesel. Oh yeah, Liesel. Don't come at me. Um, <laughs> it's Liesel. Um, uh, Liesel, she's traveling with her mother and brother uh, to Mulching. Um, I think it's and, actually Mole
1: King. I
0: think. Uh, okay, okay. where we're I'm where sorry. we're sorry. It's, like <laughs> it's actually Liesel so <laughs> Mole King. The mole. I'm the Mole King. <laughs> I'm sorry, you um, such a dick move on my part. Uh, no, I, I literally do that six times an episode. <laughs> uh, and I can hear my mom texting me now. Only six. <laughs> um. Uh. So to a town that starts with M, <laughs> and uh, her her brother uh, dies on the way. So awful. Um, and her mother's sent away, mm-hmm. and so she ends up in foster care of the Huberins, mm-hmm. uh, Rosa huh? uh-huh. and <laughs> and Hans. Um, Ro- Rosa, who's this sort of gruff, yeah, uh, uh, vulgar. Yeah, what do uh, they they but, call
1: her wardrobe shaped, which I'm like, hey, oh my god, that's such bo- a...
0: Boxy. Yeah, a boxy. She's a boxy woman. Boxy. Um, where grumpy but heart in the right place. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Um, and then uh Hans who is I'd say more so in the center. Of this book than Rose. Oh, he's so lovely. Um, yeah. But he's, he's wonderful. He's a painter and an, an accordion player, um, and I think one of the most sympathetic characters r- written a, in the last like, 20 years.
1: Gentle soul. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just so, yeah.
0: So it's uh, Liesel's childhood on the rise in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, so a number of things happen over this. There's her friendship with the neighborhood boy Rudy Steiner. Mm-hmm. There is the Huberman's official. Uh, eventual harboring of uh, a Jewish man named Max. Max, yeah, um, and there is the tension between Hans and uh, the Nazi party, yeah, um, yeah, and that, that's that's kind of all I want to, like,
1: yeah, say. I guess what one other thing that I would add to this is that a central part of this story is Liesel learning to read
0: yes the literacy the and, book and the book thief,
1: and the books becoming um a means of coping with the the horrors that are part of her life um mm. as well as as coping with just the horrors of growing up
0: <laughs> that everybody <laughs>
1: experiences because she is at this really really difficult stage in life she i think at the beginning of the book she's 11 and by the end of it she's 14 um so like those years in general are difficult um for a kid um but then you want to throw world war and, you know, losing your parents and losing your brother, like all of this like loss and turmoil. And then the
0: universe gives you a friend and then takes the friend away. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, it's just like she goes through so much and the books are really um and finding the love of books and reading and writing um are so central to her development and her story in general. Mm-hmm. Um and I love I love that she um is labeled by Death as the book thief and and mm-hmm. constantly referred to as, oh, and then the book thief
0: was here or whatever. Um, well, in a way, she Death recognizes that as a la- label that she gives herself.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Uh, <laughs> towards the end when she, she's given the chance to write her own book and mm-hmm. she calls it the book thief. Right. And then you're like, roll credits. Oh, so good. Um, so, uh, yeah, so let's, uh, can I, Let's start with death. Can we start with death? Please. Yes. Yes. Um, so, okay. The first thing I want to do is what I do almost uh, an obligation to do so is mention Gabrielle's Evan. Um, of course. Yeah. Which is... Uh, um, there is this moment in the story life of AJ Fickrey mm. where an old woman brings a book back to the bookstore complaining that it's inappropriate because the narrator is deaf. Oh my God. AJ Fickrey is like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Most people tend to like the book thief. Oh
1: my um, God. That's amazing.
0: And, and that was that, like. It felt like such a perfect like oh uh, we're in the, we're in a bookish world yeah, yeah 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 for that um and that was one of my first like oh this is it it's part of culture yeah it's outside of itself yeah yeah now. that's great um and so uh, death, I always thought was an absolutely brilliant <sighs> choice so good um, be- because I I think that it is an absolute masterstroke to tell the perspective of war mm-hmm. through death mm-hmm. so like the whole thing is coded with this funereal paint
1: yeah
0: um, and and it's like wherever you go death is still with you right like throughout throughout this whole story right um, and then there's the I, I think we're seeing this more and more in pop culture and other forms of media today where representations of death, um as a kind force yeah and uh, an empathetic force um and like one of my other go-to examples of that would be neil gaiman's the sandman right where death is this this charismatic young uh woman or coded to be a woman um who who is just like very friendly it's like this is already hard enough yeah when when you die you you want a friend right right Um, yeah so uh, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant because, honestly, if you wanted to do the story in a first-person narration, but you wanted that first-person character to be everywhere in World War II, there's almost no better...
1: It's perfect, um, yes.
0: Yeah, no No better thing to use. Because then I, it, it made me think, like... It, it it made me wonder if that came first in, like, the process of creating this book. If... If it was like i want to tell a story of, of world war Two, through the perspective of death that um,
1: is fascinating yeah what
0: story do we do in there um but then like like so i go back to that but i always feel like it's kind of unfair because the story itself is so beautiful and right deliberate.
1: right i feel like uh, the only reason I'm, I'm opening the book and looking at it now because i feel like i did read something about how he came to write this but i'm not going to look at it at the moment because I think we should just have a conversation instead of me nerding out and trying to find the spot in the interview. (laughs) Um, But no, I, I really, I, I wrote down death as narrator and I just wrote down how powerful it is and how, um, the, the, one of the things that I love that you said you said it better than I than I would have put it into words, but that it, death is very human, and I love that there's this um, quality of like right away death is talking about the colors, like what color the sky is the day that this happens, um, and the the collection of the souls, you know, like lifting the souls out. Um, it's just there's so much um, there's magic but there's also like concrete imagery Um, Mm -hmm. and they're both sort of interwoven into the way death talks about this book and narrates the story. Um, And I really, uh, I think that Zusek just, it does it really beautifully. And like you said, like, yeah, it is, it is empathetic and it's, it's relatable and it's like the, uh, the the lens of being death and being able to see everything that happens on Himmel Street when it's bombed like
0: mm-hmm. it's just I don't know it's and death it's death itself they're very conversational yes I, it most of the book yeah as if death sitting you down and telling telling you obviously telling you the story it's a it's a poor right. choice of words but um, like you're sitting down with a bud hmm like, this this happened this happened then right um and, and i i don't think oh and it's not i, I don't think it's cocky or overbearing
1: no no um, i totally so
0: agree I, I often compare the book thief de- death's narration um to lemony snicket's narration mm. as as a character that is closely interconnected with the events and also somewhat removed from the events okay so like Death has a job to do yeah. in World War Two. Yeah. Which is to collect the people who are dead. Right,
1: right.
0: Um, and Lemony Snicket has a job, which is to report on the lives of the Baudelaire children. Right, right. Um, but death isn't affecting the story yes. much. Except maybe like when Death collects the book and then tells Lisa like um towards the end. Um but they're so personal and so integral to the story, despite the fact that their direct influence on the story is highly limited. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In a way that I think is very satisfying, because you have an, a narrator. You have a narrator who is invested in the events that are going on, right. but also um, they only have one task. And they only have one task, which is to report. Right. Right. Um, and they can't. Like, it's not a story about how death decides to stop killing people right in world war two right or going on a rampage yeah um and, and no it's much more it's much more nuanced and personal mm-hmm. than than that
1: yeah yeah and it's interesting too because it's it's talking about death death is both emotional but also functional right like i mean mm-hmm. it's it's this is a function of war or this is not a function mm-hmm. a product of war um, and that, that makes me think of, um, the Scythe trilogy, the Neil Schusterman. Oh, uh, I love those Right, books. Like, like how it's just like, this is just like a necessary thing that, that has to mm-hmm. happen for the world to exist. Even, even when we've gotten to the point where like, mm-hmm. doesn't quote unquote have to happen. Um, and so, and I really, I, I don't know. I like that, um, that lens of remove it's weird because death, like you said, is empathetic and they are seeing the horrors of war and not denying the horrors, but also is removed because it's like, Mm -hmm. well, I had to go collect these souls at the concentration camp and I had to collect the souls of the common people that were bombed by the allies. You know, it's like, it's, it's a um uh i don't know it's like uh i'm not going to get i'm not going to find like the phrase i'm looking for but it almost like levels the playing fields of everybody and the the experience of war that they're having um mm. not levels the playing field i don't know i don't know what to say but it like um finds that common ground of like war is horrible no matter what side you're on i guess um, and I think that that's a
0: powerful
1: yes. a powerful statement to make,
0: um, especially. I, I, and I think it's done in such a way that it's not like an eye roll.
1: No, like, yeah, there's exactly. So
0: many ways that you could say war is bad and just be able to be like, well. Well, yeah, right. Gr- grow up, baby. <laughs>
1: right, right. Um, yeah, it's a uh, death as an entity is a very humanizing force in the story mm-hmm. and in the storytelling, I think. Um yeah, it and like you said it's just like it's a it's a baller move to have just <laughs> to be the narrator.
0: <laughs> and and so one of the other things that I think is rather artful of the book is the book doesn't end up with it doesn't begin with Hi, my name is Death. Right. And I will be your guy. Right, right. Um, in fact, it, like, it, it's written in a way that it's obvious who's telling the story, yeah. but not in such a way that they say, I am Death. Right,
1: right.
0: Um, they, we get really close, but we never have that wording. Like, someone say, Hey, my name's um, Phil uh, Ber- Bergowitz, <laughs> And uh, I'm going to be with you. This is Moby Dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> call me Ishmael.
1: Um,. Yeah, and I love
0: that's that's the head canon of Bobby Dick. <laughs> Ishmael, it, the the character of Ishmael in the story is played by a man named Phil Berkowitz. Phil
1: Berkowitz,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um... Call me Ishmael. Okay. <laughs> One of the things that, that sort of ties into this that I loved, um, of this this book of the Book Thief, um, is the the. Storytelling, the whole n- narrative, there's like a surrealism or like a um, a magic to it, even when mm-hmm. um, actual events that happened are being described. So, for instance, there's one of the the most um, uh, one of this the moments that had the biggest impact for me was when Liesel sees Max in the the group of. Uh, Jewish prisoners that are heading toward Dachau, Dachau, am I saying that right?
0: It's Mulking. No, 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 I know. I know. i an ass. ass. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, when she sees him in the crowd and she, she like runs in and, and is talking to him and trying to, um, connect with him again. Um, -hmm. the way that it's described is like, there's nothing. It's not, a narrative of specifics. It's not like she grabbed his hand and then they looked at each other. And then it's all very, mm. um, it's much more abstract and much more, um, uh, magical is a word that comes to mind, but I think that's wrong. It's like, there's like a
0: floatiness.
1: Yes. It's like a Ill- illusory or something like that. Like it just, it like nothing is concrete. Um, and it lets you as the reader kind of fill in the gaps but also, read it with a magical lens, I guess, or like a um, a floaty lens. I like floaty, that's good. Um, and I love that. And I think that that is that sort of intertwines with with this idea of death as narrator, right? Like the things that we're seeing, the things that are being described, are actual things but they're not mm-hmm. they're not described in hard concrete facts movements um you know i, I don't know does that make sense um
0: <laughs> what if i was like no not at all no no yeah, it makes sense it makes sense
1: yeah i i don't know that stood out to me in um in zusek's writing and i really i appreciated it and i thought it was i thought it was beautiful and it lent something to the storytelling and also to the characters and how, um, how I was seeing them in my mind's eye, um, Mm -hmm. as I was reading it. So, um, did you have a favorite character, Jack? Uh,
0: it's gotta be Hans. Yeah. Same. It's gotta be Hans. Can we talk about the Hubermans? Yeah,
1: please. I'd love it. Let's
0: talk about the Hubermans. So, um, Hans, uh, is, um, a wonderful mm-hmm. like like I, li- I like a good soft parent i know, you know soft, like i would say he's a soft parent yeah yeah uh like like we could say like i don't want to compare him to atticus finch because he's his own thing but when i think of like you don't get a lot of good dads in literature.
1: i know i know which is like, really upsetting <laughs> it, it is ways. upsetting <laughs> um reading the hubermans and I don't know if I'm going to offend anyone. I don't know if anyone in my family listens to this podcast. I was seeing my grandparents on my mother's Mm -hmm. side. So my grandmother, my Nana was like, just this, like, I don't know, like an ornery ornery woman. Like she was always kind of grumpy about things. Like Mm -hmm. she was the kind of person who, you know, she'd see you step one toe out of line in her perspective. And, you get yelled at. And I was very much afraid of her when I was young, when I was a little girl. Um, and then my grandfather, my paka, was like Hans. He would see what Nana had just said to me. And he'd take me aside and tell me some, some little joke or sing a song or whatever. And just like kind of make it better. And I, and, and it was this, just this like spirit that he brought to the, the situation. But there was love between them. And I know my Nana loved me, but she was harsh and he was soft and gentle. Um, and that's, that's who I was picturing as I was reading Hans. Like I was like, Oh, this is just, this is just like Paka, like um, which is really lovely because <laughs> you know, he's it, it
0: is he, he, it, it, human. Like it has that yeah. personal element where it, it's like, it's not just roll me a cigarette.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's, we're going to be people together.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And, and those points like throughout the book, you have the most, like from the very get-go death is like, you have to know Rosa Huberman loved Liesel from the beginning.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
0: and you see that throughout the book. Yeah. Where her, her to, to keep with the word harsh at every moment of her harshness you completely understand yeah right there there's there there are these moments where it's like oof that's that's rough that that's over dramatic that's overdoing it a bit but at the same time it's like this is a woman surviving yeah yeah this is a woman surviving trying to keep the people she cares about alive
1: right right
0: um and then it's it's like the there's the Nate Bargatze joke who who claims like every relationship needs a dreamer and someone who's just no fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> um, and you definitely have in, in this context, you have Hans Huberman, who's the dreamer He's the
1: dreamer. Absolutely. And you have Rosa who's no she fun. She is no fun. Oh my God. That's so funny. That's great. I like that a lot. Um, it's
0: like, it's weird because in, in, in fiction writing, we could t- talk about this as, Complimentary characters. Right. But it's also just real life.
1: I was going to say, it's very, it's again, it's a very human thing. Like, you know, there's always, um, Oh, what is it? There's like some silly saying that's like, um, if you, if you wind up with someone, if, if you marry someone just like you, then there's, there's one too many of you in the relationship or something like that. Like, you know, opposites attract kind of thing. So it's like the, the idea of, Rosa and Hans, although I kept thinking, like, how, did, how did the hell did those two wind up together, right? How did they get like, together, yeah. how did that happen? Um, but the idea of, of their dynamic,
0: um... It was decreed by the mole king! <laughs> Once a year he comes from the earth and says who shall marry whom.
1: The mole king. God. <laughs> the mental image that I have of that is great. <laughs> um... But, yeah, the two of them, it it makes so much sense. And, like I said, like reading them, i was I was picturing my grandparents. I feel like probably everybody who reads this book, they're like, "Oh, yeah, like, I know that couple. Like they were my neighbors. They were my aunt and uncle. They were my parents. They were my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, it's so human and relatable and real. Um, and and yeah, I love both of them. They're really great. But Hans, man,
0: he's, oh, he's so special. And so let, let's talk about Hans's life a little bit. Yeah. So in the story, Hans is not a member of the Nazi party. Yeah. Which is bold. Um, bold, uh, and not necessarily for lack of trying, right. but he got a reputation for being a, a German who would paint over slurs mm-hmm. writ, written on Jewish doors. Mm hmm. Um and th- people didn't li- like that. I believe he was referred to as the Jewish painter. Yep. Um in in the world, uh and time goes on, he, he has a son. The Hubermans have a son who is a member of the Nazi party and you know uh, you know of the of the, the Nazi school of thought. Um it, and it's like you should apply anyway. So yeah. he has applied to be. Uh, a member of the Nazi party, but was c- consistently ignored Yeah. Uh, through most of the time because he was the Jewish painter and they didn't want him to be a part of it. And it wasn't until later on in the story where the Jewish prisoners are being paraded through the town um, and an old man falls and Hans helps him mm-hmm. and both of them get whipped. Yeah. Um, that soon after... Uh, the application gets accepted. Yeah. Uh, And so it's Hans and uh, Alex Steiner, who's Rudy's, the neighborhood boy's father. Yeah. They both get drafted to the war effort. Um, Pretty much all all but said it was a death sentence, despite the fact that they both survived. Yeah. That part. Yeah. (laughs) That that part of the book. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. And,
0: um, And it's not until bombings fall later on the street after... After Han survives his campaign in the war, mm-hmm. um, it's not until after and he comes home and has, like, an office job that the street is bombed and everyone except Liesl is is killed.
1: So terrible, too. Like, I was thinking about that as I was reading it. Like, can you imagine? You come out from the basement and just fucking everybody is dead except you. Ugh! We can talk about that some more, but we can also just like let that sit. This, like I mean, the,
0: this girl. <laughs> she's this girl's been through trauma.
1: so much.
0: Trauma. and she is already experiencing essentially PTSD. Yeah. Um, because she's having the, the nightmares. Yeah, night, nightmares. And um, Hans stays Shulene. with her. Yes, she had, like nightmares, um, night terrors. I think we could call them mm-hmm. incontinence. Mm-hmm. Um and uh in fact it, that's what spawns her reading lessons right because she tries to sleep she wakes up in a terror, and they're like okay let's sit down let's try to let's read a little yeah which uh pl- plays into this like consistent narrative of um literature as a safety line yeah yeah uh throughout because she's the book thief she yeah. steals books and it starts with the first book she ever stole which is the gravediggers uh handbook yeah and oh, I,
1: I love that when she pulls that out from under her mattress and shows it to Hans he's like, really? like this is what you want to read this one And she's like, yeah and he just just like okay and he goes with it. It's just like there's so, that they're so beautiful like I don't know as a parent I look at that and I'm like, I hope I can have that that equanimity yeah. to be like, Okay, you want to read this thing that looks insane to me, but it means something to you and it's going to bring comfort to you. That's all that matters, right? Like Yeah,
0: it it, it like it means something to yeah. her. And she has no context for why it itself is specifically strange. Right. Right. Um and I think that is something that Hans is able to identify. Yeah. Yeah. And be like, "Yeah, this is it's weird, but Fuck it. what is it
1: right exactly like it means something to you in the same way that like the accordion means something to him because of his Mm -hmm. you know people probably look at it and they're like oh whatever it's an instrument but he's like no this is like a symbol of the man that saved my life in world war Mm one this is why this accordion means so
0: much to me um and and the accordion is in some respects a fiscal uh financial yeah lifeline yeah totally it's like uh painting doesn't work out
1: he he goes in place he's
0: he's not bad at the accordion right right i think a town can't hate anything more than a bad accordion player i
1: mean yeah
0: (laughs) it's um school
1: districts (laughs) uh
0: water lines accordion players
1: that's right it's definitely the the order of operations there. Yeah, no, I
0: think uh, I think the mayor of Lowell ran on that platform.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, since you said mayor, can we like take a hot second to talk about the mayor's wife and the library oh, yeah. there?
0: <laughs> As if it's not an an artful segue.
1: I'm
0: <laughs> uh, mayor. Uh, uh, what's it? Herman? Herman,
1: yeah, and his wife Herman is Ilsa.
0: Ilsa. Ilsa. I was I was gonna say, like Air Airman, I'm like that's not correct. But <laughs> Air Air Herman, Mayor Herman, and and Frau Frau Herman. Yep. Um. The the well to do these well to do people, in, in charge of the town. Yeah. Um. And I find Ilsa to be. A tragic, tragic figure. Oh, she is. Yeah. She and, and deeply lonely.
1: Yeah, oh my God, yes. Yeah, and that, that especially comes to light when... Not when she starts inviting Liesel in to read with... You know, to read her books. But when she essentially invites her to come and steal. Like, yeah. that... That to me is just like God. You just need someone, like you, poor she, yes. woman. You just need someone, and you never see the mayor, right? Like, I think maybe he has a a minute at the book burning, which is also like so fucked up, right? Like her, her yeah, ex-
0: minute at the book burning. Like <laughs> oh, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> her husband just like in charge of orchestrating these book burnings, and she has this beautiful library that means so much to her and so much more because her son used to read with her and her son is dead. Um, And then Liesl comes into her life and she doesn't really know how to connect with Liesl because she's so damaged. Um, And then When that connection falls apart because the washing is no longer taken in by, um, by the mayor and his wife and Liesel like essentially loses her shit on Ilsa. Um, and I don't know. It just, it is, it's so sad, but it's also so, um, it's again, it's one of those things, it's like it's tragic and it's beautiful. It's I on Instagram I called it brutalful because this book is brutal but also <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um because, you know, there's this moment where where Liesel calls out the mayor's wife. She's like, You know what? Like you're rich and sure you can sit around and wallow in your grief. But like I'm starving, and you just took my a lifeline away by by mm-hmm. taking uh, your business away from my mom's side hustle, essentially. Um, and that my
0: mom's weird hey, weird choice for Zuzak to use that direct language. Uh
1: um, yeah and, yeah. And
0: referring to he definitely to said mom's side hustle
1: as, yeah as a side
0: hustle. <laughs> uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, it's just this. This woman who's, like, forgotten how to be. Yeah. Um, she's she forgotten how to make in those her, connections. Lives
1: in her bathrobe and her fluffy
0: hair. And, uh, and, and ultimately is, like, listen, I know you're doing this. Mm-hmm. I here Here are proper books to steal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it's like, here, take this dictionary. Here, take this notebook and, yep. you know, pen. Yeah. Uh and and make something of of the the literature it's like a woman who has no idea what she has to give trying to give right um
1: and then by the end of the story she knows all that she can give because she's the one who comes and finds Liesl and and they take her in and takes her in yeah
0: when every everything when when everyone everyone else is is dead, dead exactly when everyone else is dead there's always someone else
1: yep yep Ooh,
0: that's a good one, Jack. It's just. Well, that's the book! Yeah, yeah. Is that not the book? No, it is. Um, All right. Can I talk about World War II? Sure, yes. I'm sick of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I actually. I was going to say this book reminded me um, a bit of um, All the Light We Cannot See.
0: Oh, right. That is a book I read recently.
1: Yeah, which I. I really enjoyed that book too, and the the I think the only reason that it the two resonated with me in the same way is because you do have that um, perspective of children who are growing up having to be members of Hitler Youth, um, you know, having this be th- this is their world that they have to hide heil- like in order to survive they have to Heil mm. Hitler, right? Like, and that's something mm. that I think. I know there was definitely a point in my life where I would look at history books and say, like, oh, my God, I can't believe these kids joined Hitler Youth, you know, like, how could they? That's so terrible. As if they had a choice. Exactly, exactly. as as if they had a choice. And that's what I think books that highlight the fact that, like, no, this was, like, this was what they had to do in order to live, in order to survive. And you see in this storytelling how risky it is, even for a kid like Rudy, when he, Mm -hmm. when he does the um, thing where he pretends that he's Jesse Owens. So he paints himself. Jesse Owens
0: incident. Yeah.
1: So he paints himself with Cole and his dad is like, holy shit, you cannot do that. Like you cannot be looking up to a, a black man. Like that is not, it's not okay. Your blonde hair and blue eyes are safe and you need to stay safe. And that's like, it's so, I don't know. It's just so, um, it has such an impact to read something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it puts that whole world that they're living in into context for you, you know, as the reader, I think,
0: um, I think it's in in vogue now, mm-hmm. or contemporarily speaking. So I'll go back even thirty years, uh, when writing about fascism from the inside to talk about how fascism fucks over everybody. Yeah, um, even the people who are perpetrating the fascism.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: and the sort of you know, the strictures that lie therein. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, e- uh, with characters like Rudy Steiner, Hans Huberman. Who are just trying to live their lives, mm-hmm. uh, but can't do that apolitically, mm-hmm. and how clearly they get screwed over. Right, right. Um, that said, <laughs> uh, there is a. I I recently read um, the Whalebone Theater by Joanna Quinn. Oh yeah, um, and I thought it was a fine. I thought it was a fine book. Mm-hmm. Um, very, it felt very Downton Abbey yes Um, i remember you telling me that every time a war era british family saga it like enters uh, yeah the zeitgeist um it's like oh it's like downton abbey (laughs) it's just like downton abbey Um, which is probably a discredit to all of those other pieces of literature and a credit to downton abbey yep yep um but i feel like one of the Big, big things now is to give voice to the ruling perspective
1: mm.
0: um, of that. And I, I think we see out uh, recently, um, re- in recent history, the Boy and Striped Pajamas controversies. Yeah. Uh, where uh, books like Elie Wiesel's Night are getting banned. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Boy and Striped Pajamas are being you know, cleared. Right. Um, and part, part of the problem is being like the boy in striped pajamas is told through the German perspective of world war two right. and, and how world war two is bad for, for everyone, including the Germans. Um, but you have, uh, a book told through the perspective of, uh, the, uh, the Jewish perspective of L.E. Wiesel. Um, mm-hmm. and that book gets banned because mm-hmm. it's quote unquote inappropriate. Right. Um, so I, I have very little patience now for new, Novels about uh, World War Two that don't have a central understanding of what it meant for Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, this is something that I don't necessarily feel with the Book Thief because I still think it's just such a spectacular book. But at the, sa- at the same time, it's like through the German perspective.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's through so the German perspective. We have Max, and we have Max's perspective, and that's sort of one of the things that uh, releases that that tension for me now mm-hmm. um going through and, and like not not to say that it has to do because i read um georgia hunters uh we are the lucky ones oh yeah um and i, I also it was a fine book i didn't particularly care for it yeah i was like this is an important book to have right right um like i liked what the book was i i didn't care for how the book did what it did fair um uh but it was so much. Like we're still doing. Yeah. World War Two fiction. There's and not to say that you're not allowed to do World War Two fiction anymore. Um, and I have tons. I like. I love so many World War Two books. I, there's mm-hmm. uh, uh, Guernsey Literary Potato Peel Pie Society. One mm. of my favorite books. I uh amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I love that book. The Wind Up Bird Chronicle. I love that book. Yeah. I'm a fan of the the Miss Peregrine's Peculiar Children series. Oh, and that's like, like a love, series, yeah. Um, like like all of these things because it's sort of like this built in narrative tension. Yes, yes. That even if you're just eating a piece of bread, you know people are dying right somewhere. Right. Um, but I'm tired.
1: Yeah. No, it's I'm true. Tired. It and it's it almost feels like. If you're gonna write a book and set it during World War II, you're guaranteed to have like X number of cells, right? Like, mm-hmm. like people are people eat that shit up, right? It, There's it, something
0: it, sexy. Yeah, There's something sexy about World War II. There are good guys and bad guys and
1: explosions. Yeah, and,
0: and Indiana and,
1: Jones And hiding.
0: Yes, and hiding. Like... <laughs> and
1: hiding. <laughs> um, but but no, I I so I I definitely appreciate what you're saying about that, and I. Um, I will say that I have not... I don't think I've read enough World War II um, fiction or nonfiction to really have a strong opinion on it. Um, like, I haven't read Night. I actually haven't read um, The Diary of a Young Girl either, which I should, um, and Frank's Diary. Um, I, you know, I feel like I need to... I would need to sort of delve more into um, what's out there. Uh, But I do agree Mm -hmm. that like, it's, it's real fucked up that like the boy in striped pajamas is is getting the okay, but then mouse is getting banned or Mm night is getting banned because it's like, no, actually like this, this is like told from the, the persecuted perspective and that that, <laughs> the persecuted. that needs to matter that needs to mean something um, and it needs to be read and shared because like they're the ones who really lost out right like um, that you know that being said I agree I think that the book thief I think it does a good job of um into Zusak does a good job of integrating Max into their lives. Um and making making it clear throughout that like the only the only person in the Huberman household who seems to like really like side with Hitler is the is the son. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's just been brainwashed and he's, you know, a kid who at a very influential age bought into all of what the Fuhrer was telling him essentially. Um, and, and that, that is a real, I mean, I think that's a real experience that needs to be told as well. Um, but, but I think that the, having Max be so present and so central and so important to Liesl, um, you know, she, she loves him and she really um, goes out of her way to think about him and to, to worry about him and to want him to be okay. <laughs> and, you know, to even risk her own safety to, to go and mm-hmm. connect with him. That one last time that they're, that they won't, well, that's not the last time that they see each other, but that time that they see each other where she's really, she's really risking her safety by running to him. Um, and she gets whipped for it. Um, and I think, um, so I think that, I think that Zusak does a good job of weaving that side of the story into, into the narrative. Um, and I understand why he's writing about it from the German perspective, because I think he's writing about it based on the stories that his parents related to him because his parents were German and Austrian, correct? yep yeah um but but no i mean you raise a really good point there there there's a lot out there that's like oh historical fiction told from the german perspective look at how bad they had it during world war ii and it's like oh hmm
0: <laughs> yes
1: yes and, and <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's let's talk about the um yeah this the six million deaths that should never have happened um yeah yeah
0: um and are still ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the damnedest thing, Marty, uh, it's time for rabbits. No, it's not.
1: I have so it, much more to say. No, I mean, I could talk, do, I could talk about we'll this book. We'll probably come back.
0: We'll probably come back to the book thieves in yeah, the future.
1: I could talk about this book for like five hours. I really, really, yeah. it had an impact.
0: We'll come back. We'll talk about all about Rudy <sighs>
1: Can we talk about... just? I just have to put out there... So like, let, all right, no, let's get Rudy I just, in. know, I, I, it's okay. I, I wasn't even going to say something about Rudy. I wrote this down um, because I freaking love that Max painted over the pages of Mein Kampf to write his own story. I yes. thought that that was like the most...
0: Oh, we have to talk about it. It right. was
1: so beautiful. And especially in a book that's all about loving books (laughs) and, you know, taking this book that is so um, toxic and 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 claiming it for his own, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to erase what the Fuhrer says and I'm going to tell my story on these pages. I
0: love that. It's so emphatically, poetically resonant. Yes. Of like being able to have that much control over your story that you're able to take this titanic symbol of oppression and fascism and hatred and turn it into something that is directly beautiful and uh productive for you the individual right right um like how that that's just lovely yeah and they have paint you're like where are they getting the paint from it's in the story yeah
1: yeah because hans is a painter um Um, and uh,
0: it and it, and it keeps in the permutations of that keeps coming back. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Now here's the story written on the painted over pages of my conf of years in my friendship. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Maybe I just curl up on a ball and cry. Right.
1: For six years. I really, yeah. it's, this was, it, it's just a beautiful book. And I mean, Rudy, we could talk about Rudy for ages too. He's great.
0: We'll come, we'll come back. Maybe yeah. we do a special, a special, the Rudy Steiner special. Yeah. Um, but with that, uh, it, until then, let's let's go into Rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits. I hate rabbits.
1: If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two
0: rabbits. Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where uh, we rate the book on a scale of none to five rabbits. You're allowed to give a decimal rabbit. Just don't think too hard about what it means to give something half of a rabbit. Definitely don't. So, uh, Marty, how many rabbits are you going to give The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak?
1: I'm giving The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak a solid four rabbits. Um, I really, really liked this book. Um, although, and I didn't talk about this at the beginning, about my <laughs> needing to stop and restart it again. Because I was reading... All right, all right. So I, was, I, I started reading this book a long time ago. And then I kept reading it kind of in fits and starts and I just wasn't making progress. And we had a deadline. I appreciate all of the reading dead- deadlines. So I went back and restarted it and then I really churned through. Um, but I, I love the story. I think it's really like a, such a unique narrative. Um, uh, and just beautiful imagery. Um, The magical realism is totally my jam. Um, The characters are really golden, well-rounded people. Um, And that means so much, Um, especially in this book that's, I think, often sort of pitched to like a high school YA teen crowd um, because Mm -hmm. of the characters' ages. Um, I really, I appreciate that the characters were people, because uh, we've we've talked to you a little bit about. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I I didn't want to mention YA. Yeah, I because I do in every episode. Yeah, yeah So yeah. I'm glad you did.
1: Um, but but you know, it, there's a tendency in YA to sort of have these stock characters. Um, and mm-hmm. there, I don't, I honestly honestly cannot think of one character in this story who was stock. Like everybody had flesh to them. Everybody had, um, uh, nuance and depth and it was just, I thought really beautifully written and it really carried me away. Um, so yeah, four rabbits, solid four from me. How about you, Jack? How many rabbits are that's, you going to give it?
0: That's lower than I thought you were going to give
1: really? it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Did you think like... I was going to go five?
0: There was a second, but I thought you'd you'd at least go at least between four and five.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Uh, I I'm also gonna give it four.
1: Oh, okay. I'm
0: also gonna give it four. Um, I definitely loved it more the first time I read it. Okay. So I think there there's something about the revisiting of it that the the magic of it for me was like that first read through, and mm. then uh, I think it's just so implanted in my brain that's like yep, and then this happens, and then this happens. Right. Right. Um. Um. Yeah, and and that's, that's like, I I think there wasn't a continuous magic. I think the magic is built into the book. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, uh, other than that, like, I enjoyed it. I'll probably read it a bunch more times in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, But uh, do I think it's my book? Uh, No. Okay. Um, Despite the fact that I think it's a fantastic book. I think everyone should read The Book Thief. No, I agree. I think it's a... A beautiful like and my marker for a, a good book is um does the author understand empathy at all <laughs> that, that that's my that's my marker because if it seems like um the book is everyone's inherently shit mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. i'm like no i don't think this is a very good book but if it's like people are capable of multitudes And my life is incredibly difficult because of the people that's in it. That's different. Right. Right. That's different. But this is a book that's like, everyone contains multitudes. And it's hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, With that. So four. Four rabbits. Four. Okay. Four. Any final thoughts?
1: Uh, No. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I kind of want to own it. Book good. Book good. Read. (laughs) Read, friends. I had a
0: gift card, so. <laughs> read, friends. I know I know we have a huge population of listeners who have never read a book. I know,
1: right? Um, Clearly.
0: Uh, that. So thank you for listening. We have been the Summer Reading Podcast. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at Nathan.Morrissey77. Our editor is my brilliant, wonderful, lovely, amazing, brilliant, lovely, lovely, <laughs> I think there's another adjective I usually throw in, but I... I, Uh, Rosa Maria!
1: (laughs) Phenomenal? I don't know. Phenomenal.
0: Brilliant. Wonderful. Lovely. Brilliant. Wonderful. Phenomenal. Rosa Maria, uh, my mother. (laughs) Uh, You can find her on Instagram and on Etsy, at CrochetWell, all one word. She's been rebuilding her inventory um, perpetually. Her stuff is great. Us. yeah yeah she's good at it yeah she's good at it ain't she mm-hmm. um so you know follow her support her uh i have been your professor my name is jack you can find me on instagram at jack from tv all one word
1: i have been your librarian uh my name is marty you can find me on instagram at marty underscore thek t-h-e-k it's really the k but whatever (laughs) and also Uh, you can reach us on email i'm going to steal your thunder (laughs) jack
0: no go ahead go ahead reach us on
1: email at summer reading podcast
0: someone's picking up her cues (laughs) gmail.com
1: i'm gonna say that one more time summer reading podcast at gmail.com um please send us a note uh we love hearing from you and we'd love book recommendations uh thoughts, comments, corrections, if we get something wrong, like if we've been saying Zusak's name wrong the whole time, please tell us. Um, yeah. We love hearing Th- you. And,
0: and thank you for listening. Please join us next time yeah. when we read My Antonia by Willa Cather. Woo! See you then. Bye. Bye.